Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Relatable Mama podcast presented by Anchor Behavioral Consulting. I'm your podcast host, Anna Richardella, and I am a mom of two boys under two, board-certified behavior analyst, and the owner of Anchor Behavioral Consulting. Let's get into this week's episode. On today's episode, we're talking all things childcare. Whether you use a babysitter or nanny, whether your family has a live-in au pair, or you send your child to an in-home daycare or child care center. We're going to be talking about what works for your family, how you can find the appropriate kind of child care for you, touring different facilities, and we'll go through our personal daycare story, what daycare transitions might look like or child care transitions might look like, as well as your child's schedule when they're at their child care. And then we're going to talk about pros and cons of each different aspect. So first we have babysitters and nannies. These are some people who can come into your house to provide childcare, whether it is for a couple of hours a day or a consistent schedule, five days a week, it might just be date nights, things like that. We personally have a couple of babysitters that we rotate through that are on an as-needed basis, not a consistent schedule. But I will talk about our experience a little bit with finding babysitters as well as what they do for us while they're here. There's also the option of having an au pair, which would be a live-in childcare provider. So that's somebody who typically is from outside of the United States who comes here and will live in your home with you and provide childcare. So often there is a weekly stipend involved with that as well as your regular uh, payment that goes to the agency that the au pair is then paid through. What's great about that is all of those people are background checked and um, I really like that option for people who need consistent daycare and need their children to be a little bit closer to home. I think this is a great option for them. I think it's also a really great option because it allows for your child to experience somebody else's culture that they may not have the opportunity to experience normally. Another option for childcare is an in-home daycare, which would be where you send your child to somebody else's home for daycare. Um, This is another great opportunity for children that are able to have that daycare experience but with a much more homey feel. I think this is a really good opportunity for parents to have a little bit less anxiety about sending their child to a big daycare facility. And then of course we do have the daycare center option. This is what we use for our family. This is just what works for us. And we'll talk a little bit more in detail about that. So the first step in finding the childcare that works best for your family is knowing what schedule you're looking for. If you need a lot of flexibility or you're only looking for half days, only looking for full days, whether you need before or after care, do you have summers off where you're going to pull your child out, all of these things are factors in deciding on a childcare option for yourself. When we were initially looking for a daycare, we knew that we wanted a daycare center. And one of the things that was important to me was that our child would be able to go only a couple of days a week because my schedule is flexible and I was only planning on being in the office a couple of days a week. I wanted there to be the opportunity for our son to go only three days versus having to go the full week. 
there's likely a lot more flexibility when you're going through either a babysitter or a nanny or even a in-home daycare for you to be able to send your child for less amount of hours or have the person come to you for a less amount of hours. But in a larger or corporate daycare, you might be looking at a little bit more standard this is the time that we're open, this is when you're able to send your child, you may be charged for a full day even if your child's not there for a full day. So those are some questions that you want to ask before you get committed to one place or another. As both a parent and a provider, I think it's so important for you to tour or meet with who's going to be providing childcare for you. So we always made sure to bring our child on the tours of the daycare facilities. I think this is something that is important for you to be able to do if you're going to an in-home daycare as well, or if you're having the person come into your own home, make sure that they have the opportunity to meet your child. This is um, not scientifically backed or anything, but your child may show discomfort or even a higher level of comfort in certain places or with certain people and I think that you can also see how staff are interacting with your child. For me in particular, I brought my son to one of the tours of a daycare facility and when he was crying, which he was six weeks old, that's a typical behavior for a six-week-old, he was crying and the assistant director didn't know how to respond and didn't know how to comfort him. And that was something for me that was a red flag to say, are they going to know how to comfort him throughout the day when he's there? Is he going to be comfortable? Some other important things to think about when you're going on these tours or meeting with people is to ask about curriculum. Do they have a curriculum that they follow in a daycare facility or in an in-home daycare? Or does the person coming to your house to work with your child have some sort of curriculum that they follow? Of course, this is an imperative when you're looking at a provider for young, young children, but it is good to know if there's some opportunity for your child to be learning specific materials or curriculum. Also, we want to ask about how meals and snacks are provided to your child. Um, make sure one of the biggest things that has been challenging for me is knowing what they are able to serve our children. So, of course, a lot of facilities will be nut-free. Um, there are plenty of nut-free snacks that you can send for your child, although I know that my son is a fiend for peanuts and cashews, so that makes snacks a little bit more difficult for us. But also know what your daycare provider deems a choking hazard. We have had a lot of snacks sent home that we know that our son is capable of eating and that he can eat safely, but that the daycare itself says is a choking hazard. So if you can get a list from your daycare ahead of time to know what's appropriate for you to send, that's something that you want to talk about. Um, also, how naps are handled. For our younger son, he's going to be in a very well-lit room with a lot of noise going on, and it's basically nap on demand. But for our older son, he is a toddler, and in the toddler classes, they have a specific nap time for the entire class. If the child doesn't want to nap, it's just quiet time, and they need to stay on their little mat or cot. The room is 
the lights are dimmed, uh, they have quiet music going, so it's a lot more conducive to napping in that kind of environment, but just something that you want to be able to prepare yourself and your child for. Also, we want to talk about the qualifications of staff. This is something that is super important to myself as a provider, is just making sure that these people are trained and qualified. Um, I know recently I saw on one of the local Facebook pages that somebody was advertising for needing staff in a daycare center and they said you don't have to have any experience working with children to come get hired here that is really concerning as a parent and I know that places are really in need of help and are in need of staff but that's definitely not something that we want to hear advertised when we're sending our child somewhere um, same with when you're having somebody come into your home to watch your child. You want to make sure that they've had a little bit of experience and can provide you with some references so that you know that they are capable of caring for your child. We also may want to know what their professional development looks like. In a daycare facility, we know that there's going to be ongoing professional development. That's not something that is a standard for nannies per se. So. It's just something to keep in the back of your mind in terms of what you're comfortable with as a family. Another thing that I have learned um, as a provider and as a parent going into daycare facilities is the staff to children ratio. It is horrifying what is allowed in the state of New Jersey. I'm not sure what other states look like, but oh my gosh. Um, working in a daycare myself, I have gone into numerous daycares to see some clients and the two-year-old classes just make my head spin. There are two staff with up to 18 children. Two staff with 18 children. Can you believe that? I still can't wrap my head around it. I have a hard enough time with my one toddler. I certainly cannot imagine having nine other children assigned to me. So of course, keep in mind that this is a state standard and daycares often don't have control over having less children in a classroom. Um, it's just, it's what's deemed appropriate by the state. I do wish that these state legislators that make these rules could come into a daycare and see what that actually looks like because I think they would probably change their mind. Um, but again, just keep in mind those ratios and if that's not something that you're comfortable with or you know that your child cannot handle, it may be a good opportunity to look into an in-home daycare or having somebody come into your home instead. I would love to share with you our story of how we ended up at the daycare that we send our boys to. So we were recommended the daycare that we ended up choosing through a really good friend who was sending their daughter to the same school. Um, I had toured three daycare centers in total. That was um, the route that we were really looking for was finding a daycare center versus an in-home um, daycare or having a nanny or something like that. Um, two of the centers that we had toured were corporate owned and then one was privately owned but it was um, one of three local privately owned of that same company um, and when I was going for these tours uh, two out of the three I went with just myself and my son who was I believe two or three months old at the time and the third one I went with my husband as well 
And this was kind of still during COVID when there were a lot of restrictions and, you know, you had to wear a mask and take your shoes off and all of the things were still going on. Um, so it was a little bit different maybe than it might look like now when you're touring these places. But we went to all of these different locations and I really tried to be prepared with a lot of the questions that, you know, we talked about earlier in this episode, but also things like, what is my child's day going to look like? Um, you know, what is he going to do all day? Because in theory, he's going to be here for like eight hours. So what does an eight-hour day look like for an infant? And some of the directors could tell me that, and some of them could not. And going back to when I said, I think it's actually really important to bring your child with you on the tour, here's why. I had gone to the first tour and the director was phenomenal. She really responded well to my son. Um, it was definitely a top contender and this was one of the corporate daycare companies. Then I went to another corporate daycare that was much more convenient to us. It was much closer to our house. In fact, just about right across the street. And I was kind of taken aback because we went on the tour with this assistant director of the daycare. And then we went back to her office, my son and I, to talk about details and pricing and all of those kinds of things, schedules. And my son started crying. And keep in mind, he was like two months old at the time. So two-month-olds kind of cry a lot and it was I think getting close to a nap or bedtime or something like that and the assistant director started to get really flustered and didn't know what to do and it was a little bit off-putting for me in that instance that this person who's supposed to be in charge of an entire child care center is getting flustered by a baby crying, which is pretty much the only way that babies have to communicate with us. So if she's getting flustered over my six-week-old or two-month-old crying, how is she going to handle much more challenging behaviors in the future? That was definitely something that as soon as I walked out of there, I said, okay, we're not coming here. Then we had our final decision on the daycare that our good friends had recommended, whose daughter was already attending there for a few months before we had gotten started. And again, I brought my son on the tour with me. He was smiling the entire time. He was happy, he was comfortable. And I really just felt like this center in particular just gave off a much more welcoming and small feel close-knit kind of community and that was really what we ended up picking as you know what we wanted for our family and for our son. Um, another factor was that that was actually the cheapest option for the most amount of hours that we could get. So they happened to be open 6.30 to 6.30 and we could pick a couple of days a week or up to the full week for our child to attend. I think at the time, I may have been 
interested in some of the other programs because they had half day options where I could just send him in the morning or just send him in the evening. But now where I'm at with my career, that's not really something that's helpful for us. We really do need that full day of daycare. So it still ends up working out for us the best. Um, another thing that we were, um, that, that was a deciding factor for us to go to this daycare was the convenience for both of us to and from our jobs. Um, so for me, it is, depending on where I'm working that day, uh, under 30 minutes, I would say, from anywhere that I might be working. And it is like 10 to 15 minutes from my husband's job. So super convenient, really. Um, I didn't want to be too far from my kids if, you know, inevitably I have to pick them up when they're sick or they have doctor's appointments or whatever. So um, that was how we decided on the daycare that we were choosing. And I will say that we have been nothing but happy with our choice in daycare. Um, we started my older son when he was four months old and he will be two years old in a couple of weeks. And we will also be starting my younger son at five months old in a couple of weeks as well. And throughout this entire process, we really have had no complaints about this daycare center. Um, they are wonderful. All of the teachers really treat my son like their own. And we know that he is so loved when he goes there. He learns so much more than I could possibly have time to teach him. And I think that you know, it's evident in when we pick him up and drop him off that he is so happy to be there. Um, so overall, I think that we made the best choice that we could for our child. And I'm looking forward to getting started with my younger son in this daycare environment as well. And I'd actually like to talk a little bit about what it might look like when you're transitioning a child into daycare or school for that matter. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of different transitions when we're talking about school events or sending your child to daycare or childcare. Um, so you have the drop off and pick up, you have moving from one class to another or having a lot of unfortunately um, rotation through teachers, there's a lot of turnover in daycare settings, and sometimes even in school settings, there's a lot of turnover. Um, you have special activities that might happen where you come into the school for a few minutes and then have to leave, and your child might have to stay there. And then we also have schedule changes with doctor's appointments or haircuts where maybe you drop your child off late at school or you pick them up early. So all of these things are transitions to think about with your child. Um, and so right now for me, I know that in September, we will be starting our younger son at daycare. And I think that's going to be a big transition for us as a family, of course, but a really big transition for myself and my son because he has been home with me for the past four months. And so, I know as a provider, I know as a behavior analyst, kind of what I can expect. There's probably going to be a lot of tears the first couple of days, but typically what we will see is the first day is the hardest, and as the week goes on, it gets easier. And we may see that the following week, 
it's still a little bit difficult on the first day, but it should keep getting better. Now, there are times where I have worked with clients or I have heard from my friends that their child cries every single day at drop-off. Every single day it's a production. And I will tell you that my older son, who, yes, I just said, loves daycare, he loves learning, he loves his friends and teachers, he cries at drop-off. And I think it is fairly age-appropriate for him. He's two years old. Um, that's okay. He's allowed to miss us, right? I'm happy that he misses us because we're his favorite people, and that's cool. Um, but we also need to be mindful of not feeding into that too much because we don't want to exacerbate that issue. So especially for, we're not talking about infants here now, but you know, over the age of say 10, 11 months maybe, we're going to start being a little bit more strict, and I don't mean strict in being mean, but just not feeding into crying and whining at drop-off so much. It's so important to make that transition from yourself to your child care provider quick. So have a plan going in. You're going to drop them off. You're going to say, I love you so much. I will pick you up at the end of the day. You're going to have a great day today. Give them a kiss and say goodbye. And I can guarantee because I've been there, you're going to hear crying. It's going to break your heart, but you have to just keep moving. Another transition that you will see most likely every year when your child is in a school setting and also in daycare settings is moving between classes or teachers. So this is a time that can be really challenging for some kids who are very routine oriented. And I think it's important if you know that that transition is coming. So of course at the beginning of every school year, but also if your child is in a daycare center to be communicating with the teachers or the staff there so that you are able to help prepare your child for that change in routine. This is something that is currently happening this coming week with my son. He's moving from the toddler classroom up to the two-year-old classroom, and so he will have two completely new teachers. But what we have tried to do to help him with this transition is to understand what else that is going to look like for him. So in his case, he's actually going to be moving up with a bunch of the kids that are in his current class. And he's also going to have a family friend that we know already in that class that he's moving into. So I think all of those things are really helpful in that transition for him. That's not always going to be the case with every child, of course. So really just communicating with whoever's in charge of your daycare center or whoever's in charge of the school um, transitions, communicating with them about what that's going to look like so that you can talk to your child about it before it happens. And I think this is a good opportunity to use social stories or back to school books that can help your child prepare for those situations. Another time where I think we see a lot of challenging behavior around transitions when it comes to daycare, childcare, school events is special events that might happen. Um, for example, if you have a 
Mother's Day tea or Donuts with Dad or Grandparents' Day where people are coming into the classroom and are only there for a short amount of time and typically leaving and leaving your child at that school, this is where I think a lot of parents get really nervous because you are anticipating your child having a tough time with you leaving. And I know in some cases it's possible for parents to take their child with them from those events, but a lot of times if your child is in childcare, it's because you need to go back to work. So it's not always possible for you to leave and take your child with you. I think just sticking to that brief, okay, it's time for me to go. I will pick you up later like I always do. And then we'll go have fun at home. And moving on as quickly as you can, um, I think that your child's teachers will also appreciate that, you know, you being brief with your saying goodbye and moving on because the quicker that you leave, the quicker your child can get back to their daily routine. I think the last thing that comes up when we're talking about our child's schedules, when they are at a childcare facility or in home, even at school, um, is that your child's schedule when they're at that location is probably going to vary from what you do with your child at home on a regular basis. So do keep in mind that it's going to look a little bit different. Your child may nap really great at daycare and not at home or they may not nap at all at daycare and nap really well at home and you have to keep in mind that our kids are really really resilient and it may not be perfect it may not be the perfect nap time environment I know when we first sent our son to daycare nap time in an infant classroom is with the lights on full blast there is no background noise aside from whatever yelling is going on in the classroom and some kids aren't even sleeping at the same time as other kids because it's on an as-needed schedule whereas when your child moves up into like a toddler room there's a dedicated nap time the lights are dim they have music playing in the background everyone's doing a quiet activity or napping so that can be a really stark contrast from in our house where our kids went from napping in a pitch black room with a sound machine and their sleep sack to napping in a bright room with no sound machine and no sleep sack. So it will be an adjustment for your child but again keep in mind our kids are so resilient and you will find most of the time that your child is going to be so much more flexible when we just allow for them to deal with that change on their own. Another thing that might happen at daycare that I was, I think, in complete shock when we saw this was that our son was eating a heck of a lot better at daycare than he was at home. We had done baby led weaning with him, which I will do a whole episode on but he was an amazing eater from the time he was six months old until about 13 months. And once he hit that 13 month mark, he about stopped eating. I could probably count on one hand all of the foods that he would eat and it was mostly just chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. And 
I was horrified because I thought, you know, we put so much time and effort and research into what we were doing to teach him to eat and we were exposing him to all of these different foods that maybe we didn't even really eat consistently. And he was such a strong eater and he would try anything. And then he hit that 13 month mark and it all went out the window. But what was amazing was that we did start to see that he would eat things in daycare that he wouldn't necessarily eat at home. So I could send in fruit and vegetables that he wouldn't eat for us at home, but he would eat them at daycare because of the environment. Other children sitting and eating at the same time. Other children eating different foods than what he was being served. And so I think that's a great pro for um, when you do send your child to childcare or when they go to school, they have those opportunities to see different things and potentially may try new things a little bit more. All right, so the last thing that I'm going to talk about because this has been a much longer episode than I intended it to be is the pros and cons of sending your child to childcare or having childcare in your home. Number one, eating from watching others and seeing other kids eat different foods than what you send. I think that is a really great exposure for our kids just to be able to experience different cultures and things like that. Um, Another pro is increased socialization and learning opportunities. Um, I myself think that I'm a pretty well-educated person, but the things that my son comes home that he has learned I could never possibly have taught him it is the environment that he's in it is his peers it is his teachers who have the training to do that so I think that is one of my favorite things about why we have sent him to daycare and have continued to send him to daycare is just the amount of information that he has learned another pro that comes with some cons is um, that your child will have a better immune system before they enter school in kindergarten and uh, so the con obviously with that is that you're gonna see a lot of viruses that you have never heard of before that you have never seen and in the first year that my son was in daycare we saw mm, I don't know 15 different viruses and he had a cough and a runny nose for the first four months but (laughs) that being said now that we're going into our almost second year of sending him to daycare he has such a better immune system and I find that he's definitely less sick less often and when we're hearing about other kids that have different viruses and things like that luckily knock on wood we're not experiencing those things to the same level that we had in his first year in daycare so that being said be prepared to be at a lot of sick visits at your doctor's office within the first year um and i think that would go for an in-home child care as well but we just found that that was something that was very important to us my husband's a teacher and he knows how gross it is in schools when kids all have the same viruses and you know it's just there's germs everywhere and so that was something that was important to us when we were thinking about childcare was 
making sure that our son's natural immunity was built up before he entered kindergarten when the time comes. Another pro, as I mentioned before, is learning to adapt to a schedule. So schedules and routines are super important for our children in general. Um, I know at home it's not always a rigid schedule, which is good. It shouldn't be a rigid schedule because then our kids are not learning flexibility. But it is really important for them to know what to expect. And I think childcare programs really help them in that way. Another con is that you will most likely see your child displaying some new behaviors that they may not display at home. Um, one of my least favorite things that our son does is his pterodactyl scream that he most definitely learned at daycare because neither of us are modeling that behavior at home. Um, and you may see your child biting or hitting or kicking. And while these can be very typical toddler behaviors, um, it is something to keep an eye on and make sure that they're not increasing, make sure that your child care is handling it in an appropriate way, and making sure that it's not happening for a really long time. So if it's happening for about a month, that's fairly normal. If it's going on longer than that, it's probably something that you want to make sure it's being addressed in an appropriate way. And the final consideration, which I definitely think is a con, is the cost of childcare. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that daycare centers are probably the most expensive because they have overhead and then they have their directors and their staff that they have to pay. In-home daycare is probably a little bit less expensive than that. Um, but the other options for childcare, thinking of nannies and um, au pairs, you're paying for sometimes their benefits and you're paying for travel sometimes. You might be covering their room and board if it's an au pair that's living in your home. So you really just have to weigh the pros and cons of those things for yourself and your family and decide what's best for you. I think that about wraps up everything that I could possibly say about childcare. Um, I so appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. If you have a chance, please visit anchorbehavioralconsultingllc.com and take a look at our website and see if there's anything there that might interest you in any way. <laughs> We're just really looking to help all of the families that we can. Um, it is such a huge passion of mine to help families just feel better about what they're doing in their parenting. So I would super appreciate it if you could take the time to visit our website and also if you could like and subscribe to our podcast, the Relatable Mama podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Have an amazing week and good luck with your transitions to childcare.